Hello and welcome to the Guelph Politicast. I'm Adam A. Donaldson of Guelph Politico. Today I talked to Alex Vandervloot, who is the post-production manager of Ward 1 Studios, a local video production studio. The business of Ward 1 Studios is to promote other businesses by creating high-end promotional videos that are shared on social media and at special events. So Vandervloot's new documentary is the ultimate expression of Ward 1's raison d'etre. At an event hosted by the Guelph Chamber of Commerce next week, Vandervloot will reveal Celebrating Guelph, a love letter to the Royal City, its homegrown businesses, and their perseverance in the wake of the greatest financial and societal test of any business since the Great Depression. So how did we do? Putting Guelph business on film is the topic of this week's Guelph Politicast. Hard and fast numbers about the effects of the pandemic on the local economy are not easily available, but we can see with our own eyes just how much things have changed in the last 18 months. We also know the stories, the media reports about how businesses have had to pivot, like Danby's production of freezers for vaccine storage and Linamar's manufacturing of ventilator parts. But celebrating Guelph isn't just about the big companies making big swings. Think about a small clothing retailer like Sidonio's and the Art of Denim downtown. Sometimes open to the public, sometimes only accessible to a few at a time, and with more than a few long stretches where they were closed as they were deemed a non-essential retailer. It's the story of a lifetime, and that story isn't over yet. This is where Alex Vandervloot comes in, and to paraphrase an old saying, he wasn't just covering the effect of the pandemic on small businesses, he was also impacted by it. Nobody was making promotional videos in the spring of 2020 in the midst of that first wave, and nobody knew for sure when they'd want to promote going out to an event or a game or even a meal ever again. Ward 1 Studios ended up producing a series called Alone Together, which chronicled individual struggles created by the near-global lockdown. Perhaps it was a preface to this new documentary, but as the economy started to reopen this past spring, Guelph Chamber of Commerce asked Vandervloot to chronicle the Royal City's emergence into the new normal. So how did he do it? That's one of the questions we will ask Alex Vandervloot on this week's Guelph Politicast. He will tell us about how this project came about, the logistics of shooting a documentary with health and safety conditions, and the logistics of shooting a movie with the ever-changing conditions of the ongoing pandemic. He will also talk about how the various businesses featured in the film were selected, the types of stories he wanted to tell with the documentary, and the lessons he learned from the various people and businesses profiled. And finally, Vandervloot will talk about how Ward 1 Studios has basically compiled a pandemic record, what he's learned about his own business, and what he hopes people will leave the movie with when it screens next week. So I caught up with Alex Vandervloot last week via Zoom. Alex Vandervloot, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, Adam. Uh, first a bit, like, uh, how did this project come about? Um, was this something the Chamber brought to you, or was this something you were interested in pursuing and the Chamber was a natural place to get started? Yeah, we've had a long-standing relationship with the Chamber uh, over the last five years, where uh, every year when they do their... Uh, mid-summer celebration awards, you know, which typically would happen at the Delta, you know, they haven't been able to do that through COVID. Uh, so last summer it was completely gone. And that's when we started to have the conversation around, well, what can we do instead? And so the idea of uh, doing a documentary around the businesses uh, that, you know, we would want to celebrate uh, was kind of the idea. And 
that came about uh, late December uh, with the initial plan was to have it done for the summer. Uh, but I don't think at that point we really were anticipating that third wave that came through. And so that kind of delayed it now until uh, the end of September here. Mm-hmm. And what kind of latitude did you have in, in sort of um, deciding what different directions you wanted to take the film? Like did, I mean, the chamber as kind of producer as producer, uh, so to speak, did they say like, you got to go to this company, this company and this company, or like, how did nope. that work? No, initially we, we at Ward 1 Studios, actually the team here was the one that sort of kind of looked through the city, looked through the ideas that we did want to go to uh, and which businesses kind of made sense to fit some of the storylines we were looking for. So, you know, we were looking for uh, somebody that was in the global economy, a business that's headquartered here in Guelph. Uh, so through that, we landed with Danby, uh, Sleeman, Linamar. Uh, as well as small local businesses uh, that had brick and mortar shops. So we got Sidonio's, uh, Sage Soap Company, and a few others. And then we also wanted to talk about this whole digital revolution. There were companies that were already very much used to working virtually. And so it's interesting to see how they were able to maybe help other companies along the way with figuring out this whole, how do we work from home thing? So there's a bit of a mix of those companies, all different sizes, all different levels from entrepreneurs to global leaders. And, and it's, it's an interesting story to tell around how there are those different types of companies in Guelph and how they fared through the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Your company, Ward One Studios, does a lot of promotional kind of videos for, I mean, a whole, whole bunch of different companies, like from the University of Guelph to like the Guelph Storm, the Nighthawks, and all points in between. Is there a different approach you had to doing one of those ads or one of those, you know, promotional videos, however you want to classify them, but like doing that promotional work and doing something like this, which also like it has the benefit of promoting businesses in the city, but it's also kind of investigatorial as well that you're trying to figure out how companies are thriving or surviving given the pandemic so was there a difference between how you approach these two different projects for sure like any documentary work you know that you can set out a plan and try your best to fit your narrative that you're working towards but ultimately in documentary anything can happen right so as we were going through the whole process we had rough outlines of where we wanted to go with the story but along the way things like another lockdown, things like uh, total pivot and what maybe some of the businesses were planning on doing and then not being feasible because of the pandemic. And so seeing those different ways as they unfold is a lot different than some of our promo work. Um, yeah, the documentary does have a bit of a promotional angle to it around promoting that Guelph is a great place to do business, but that's not fabricated. It really truly is a great place to do business. And as a business uh, in Guelph for the last five years, you know, we, we do have a lot of roots in Guelph, a lot of um, pride in our city as well. So uh, for us, it's uh, it's nice to promote the city, but we're, we're being genuine and we're being honest around how these businesses fared in the pandemic at the same time. And how do the businesses feel about like, you know, you come to a business and say like, hey, like Sardinos, which, you know, had it couldn't open its doors to the general public for large portions when you were shooting this, like saying, Hey, why don't we film you as you (laughs) struggle to keep your business afloat? I mean, what was the reaction? I think everybody was on board right away when uh, we kind of approached the the businesses uh, late last year. And for the most part, I think there's a lot of excitement around, you know, the businesses being able to talk about what they were doing. It wasn't, 
there wasn't anything to hide for sure. Um, and everybody was really interested in being able to tell their side of the story. Uh, you know, for Sidonia's example was around just how much they had to pivot and change. Otherwise it was going to be game over for them. Right. Uh, and so they really wanted to talk about all the differences and changes that they were making to their business plan, which was a lot of the digitalization of things. And they're happy to kind of put their new ideas forward. And here's a great opportunity through the chamber to be able to talk about that. Because ultimately, I think that's at the core of what the chamber does. The chamber is for the sharing of ideas, the sharing of experiences in, in Guelph and the businesses that operate here. And so this is just a great platform to be able to be a part of uh, a moment in time that we were able to document, as well as doing some of that, um, that sharing of knowledge and sharing of ideas between businesses. Every documentary, in a sense, is sort of outside the filmmaker's control because the, you're, you're not telling a story, you're capturing a story. But I mean, what were the kind of unique challenges of trying to capture this story where things, lo- th- you know, I, just from my own remembrances of this year, it's like things were looking up in like February and March and then wham, early April, everything closes down again. And then we're, we're planning for a May reopening, we're planning for a June reopening. Yeah. <laughs> and then Delta becomes a thing like. I, you know, how, how were you able to pivot with as, as the story sort of changed that rapidly? Yeah, initially, the story wasn't even really supposed to be about the pandemic at all. You know, we uh, when we were first deciding on what we were going to do for this documentary, I think at that time we were a little naive thinking that COVID might be behind us. Right. Mm. The idea was, OK, the first 10 minutes, we'll talk about the pandemic and then we'll kind of move on from there. and We'll show all the other great things about business in Guelph. But uh, the pandemic just kept going on. And that was definitely our biggest challenge actually was uh, around um, in, I think it was just early March, we were maybe two or three shoot days under our belt before the next uh, lockdown happened. And as, as, as exciting as, you know, from a story perspective, oh, another lockdown, this is interesting. This is gonna create some challenges that we can capture. Um, it gave us some challenges as well because we found that the businesses at that time were really serious about the lockdowns, which is a good thing, but it also kind of put a halt to what we were able to do and what we were able to capture because at that point uh, we had to basically kind of sit on the sidelines for a bit and plot our next move. And ultimately we weren't able to sort of restart the production until June. And then we've just been kind of firing through it all summer, um, which has led to some very interesting stories. And at the core, this is what the documentary is all about is is really the the storytelling from each of these businesses uh, and how they were able to, kind of come out of it. And we were hoping that by September, we'd have a bit of a resolution and we could finally say the pandemic's behind us, but we could be staring into another another lockdown after this. So there, mm. the ending at this point is what's kind of being tweaked. <laughs> it's how do we end this thing at this point? And with like two weeks to go, we're still kind of uh, trying to see what happens. And that's, that's what I love about documentary. Uh, it's always interesting. Are you saying that we're sitting here what a week and a half before your big premiere and you still don't have an ending for your movie well we'll have an ending somewhere <laughs> uh it's just the tweaking of of what maybe is the last thing said you know and there's a lot of optimism all these businesses have a lot of optimism uh there's some great lines in there around unfortunately there was businesses in guelph that didn't make it and that's definitely a, a big part of this as well but uh we are looking through all of the the anecdotes that we have and all the stories and there there's a a constant line of optimism there that things will return to normal, maybe not in the same way, but they will certainly get better. I mean, people were still opening businesses during the pandemic. I mean, there are storefronts yep. downtown where somebody closed and 
something took its place, like uh, Lady Glazed Donuts, for example. Yeah. And, you know, there's one in the in the documentary Sage Soap Company where Carly, who owns that business, she was working uh, as a marketer and um, took her side hustle of, of uh, creating soap and different beauty products and said, you know what, I've always liked downtown. Why don't we open a storefront? So there is those positive messages too. I, I don't want the whole project to be doom and gloom. I think we've all kind of <laughs> experienced the reality of, of that element to it. Um, but, you know, when we are talking about celebrating Guelph, there is some of that positivity. Um, ultimately, that's through this. Does that come about naturally? Like, did you have, like, in, in your editing process, your shooting process, did you, like, say, like, we have to de-emphasize the gloom? Um, and, and, and heighten the optimism? Like, was there any like kind of adjustment you had to guide? Not really, because I think all of the CEOs and the leaders of the businesses that we had talked to, they very much are the kinds of people who in a doom and gloom situation, they're not going to feel sorry for themselves. These mm. are people who are always seeking opportunity in crisis. Uh, so like Jim is still is always thinking about what's next, what's around the corner. How can we use this to our advantage? Uh, and he talks a great deal about uh, the business moves that he had to make during that time uh, and the opportunities that we see after that. And I think because we had interviewed Jim earlier on in the process, hearing him talk about opportunity in a crisis kind of became one of those questions that we started to ask everybody else along the way. And that truly became kind of um, a key point to it all is that, yes, when you are leading a business, if you want to uh, succeed and you want to survive this, you have to start looking at the different ways uh, that you can see your way out of this or the new opportunities it's presenting. Mm -hmm. Then I guess, you know, from your observations, I guess, what is there any specific like things that businesses have done? Like, is there like a roadmap that says like, where you could like look at someone, look at a business and say, Oh, I recognize the things that are going to let this business survive or, Oh, I recognize things that are going to let this business that, that are going to result in this business having to shut its doors. Like did, are there any hard and fast lessons or just does it depend on the business person themselves? Well, there's certainly lots of advice that comes out of this uh, in speaking with people from all different industries, talking about marketing, talking about banking, the financing, going through government uh, programs, all, all the different tools that were available. Uh, so each business kind of has their different spin on what they were working with and what they were doing. But there is that common thread around that there are certain core values that a business should have that isn't just about making money. Uh, you know, this was the first time probably ever where the entire world shut down, especially the business world. Um, and that has a lot of impacts beyond just the dollars. Right? It has a lot of impacts on the families of their workers the, their own families themselves when you're running a business, trying to prioritize keeping the business quote, dealing with your own family, those kinds of things. So uh, certainly not everybody has one answer that applies to everything, but mm -hmm. we have lots of different um, good pieces of advice, good, good core values that some of these businesses shared with us. Mm -hmm. Anyone you profile, and maybe this is a spoiler, but anyone you profile in the, the film that like hasn't, made it this far no uh no no big <laughs> surprise no big spoiler anything like that um ultimately down at the core of it all we were looking at celebrating Guelph and celebrating businesses uh looking at the people who are succeeding through this so we didn't really ever get into any stories where um 
somebody didn't didn't pan out. But I mean, you couldn't have known that from the beginning, right? Nope. <laughs> I call it call it luck. Call it the the great spirit of Guelph. But uh, everybody that we were kind of dealing with over the past year uh, have in some way or shape succeeded. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of interesting interested about the logistics of of the process too. If if anybody's seen the the Alex Gibney doc, uh, totally under control, where they sent like boxes like studio boxes to to doctors and things so that they can interview them over the skype mm. over the skype Ugh, i sound so old <laughs> but you know they, they they had like these elaborate setups where they put basically put up a wall between them yep. and the, the subject how, how did you manage uh these logistical issues yeah we didn't we didn't do anything crazy like that um <laughs> although we have done that in one of our um promotional you know contracts that we do here at the studio uh we had a client down east and because of the atlantic bubble we did do a very similar studio in a box where we put camera and microphone and instructions and into a little pelican case and we shipped it off and just hope that everybody would follow the the instructions and send it back and nothing would be missing but we didn't have to do anything like that for the guelph documentary because uh not only were we able to do in-person things based on the different restrictions you know we were um, in the exemptions as a media company but we also had the great benefit of having the rapid tests from the chamber themselves right because we were able to have our our covid protocols or safety protocols in place we were able to do rapid testing uh before we would go on site and you know we really worked to everybody's comfort level as well so uh we were fortunate that we got to do all the interviews in person uh and on site mm-hmm so, I mean, you're also saying that you're kind of been a beneficiary of some of that, that work that the chamber did, like to secure rapid tests and, and, and all that kind of help. I mean, what kind of assistance have, have you and your business depended on? And how has the pandemic changed how Ward One Studio operates? You know, how, how like, what, what, what's, I guess if we were to turn the camera on you, what would you be saying about how the pandemic has changed you and your business? Turning the camera on me is one of my uh, greatest fears, but uh, <laughs> that's why I like to stick behind cameras. Um, but in all seriousness, no, the, the pandemic affected us uh, in quite a few number of ways. Uh, it feels like for the last two years, most of our projects have had the COVID touch, right? Some element of talking about COVID. It's, it's very rare these days that we're doing something that doesn't talk about the pandemic. Um but, you know, we're, we're chamber members as well. We have been since we started the business. And so all the benefits that the chamber has for all of its members, we've been able to take um, take a part of that as well, and including the rapid testing, which has helped us tremendously get back to a relative normal um, in terms of being able to film with larger crews or, or larger amounts of cast for some of our other projects. Uh, it's helped us be able to get back in the room together because, you know, one of the things that we truly believe in is collaboration. And we have found that collaborating over zoom and and virtual meetings has been a, a challenge because we're so used to being in the same room together and brainstorming and and just bouncing ideas off the wall so uh, the pandemic has definitely changed the types of projects we do it's definitely changed how we come together as a team and, and work on these things and it's made us a little bit more careful too around um, our health and safety procedures uh, on set and just making sure that uh, nobody uh, ends up sick through any of our own productions or, or the work that we're doing. Uh, has that, I guess, like in terms of like logistics of how a shoot is run, like 
those I mean, just from my own experience working on, you know, films and videos and things, it's, you know, it's so haphazard. It's 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 all hurry up and wait at times and you got to set up quick. Yeah, that that's not as possible. Like you, you can't stuff five people in a van and take off. And <laughs> it's just it, yeah. it's logistically it's just inadvisable. Safe, safety, mm-hmm. health and safety wise. Yeah, there's there's been a lot of things that we've done where we've had to go virtual. We, you know, a lot of our um, institutional contracts have gone the way of doing things virtually. We figured out all the systems to have people send in video and we edit it. We've at, often at times done the work from home thing uh, whenever we had to. Um, more cars on set. You know, there's a commercial we shot in June that had 30 performers in it. And that was adding hours onto the day just in terms of getting everybody rapid tested, sorted. Uh, making sure that when one performer needs to be on sort of the set, just moving people in and out, trying to keep everything organized, even food and and those kinds of things are um, even bigger considerations. But ultimately it was just a challenge we had to figure out and we figured them out. Uh, And if we didn't, then we wouldn't have been able to do as much as we've done this uh, past year. To look at it another way too, has it's a little bit harder to hold in-person events, obviously. And one could see that as, and what you hesitate to frame it this way, but it's a benefit to people who want to promote can't do in person. So they look to maybe ward one studios producing a video. Um, Has that like kind of the fact that everyone's kind of experiencing everything through a screen and that's what you do. Has that also Mm -hmm. maybe been a boon to you and your business that there is this kind of forced distance now? Yeah, it's definitely been a positive. It's not a positive that we saw at the very beginning. Uh, truthfully, last March, you know, my first um, reaction to it all was that I was concerned that we were going to have to lay off all of our staff. Mm. Um, and that was sort of my first thought right away because we didn't really know how much um, or how long this would have lasted. Um, so, you know, we made those decisions to keep people on as long as we could. We were very fortunate that we never had to lay anyone off because of the government programs. They really saved us early on. And there was definitely that hesitancy from a lot of our clients that, okay, we're really just going to sit back and wait and see what happens. And then it was, you know, probably six to eight weeks after that, when people started realizing, okay, well now we need to pivot into video and you're, you know, you are right. There was a lot lot of in-person events that became videos and so that was uh, lucky for us and that we were able to offer our services to many clients who needed that at that time and it helped us figure out different workflows and, and those things as well so yeah we were pretty fortunate but there was also a fair amount of stress that came with it at the same time i mean it's also a reminder too that uh, i think we've we want to look back with rose-colored glasses and think that the pivot was pretty smooth but i mean there was a there was a six to eight week period where we thought and this will just be a couple of weeks and we'll, yeah. everything will be fine again. And then, and that, yeah. that just never happened. Yeah, it was, it was very difficult, especially since some of the contracts we were working on at that time uh, really just had to hit the pause button. And we thought we'd be able to figure out a way eventually to finish those things. But uh, some of them just kind of seemed to never be able to get wrapped up. Mm. Um, or we definitely had to pivot, you know, we were working in a lot of sports. Um, it was a while before we figured out our next move in sports. Luckily, all our work with the Canadian elite basketball league kind of came back because they were able to successfully do, um, a bubble season last year. And they were able to successfully have a season this year as well. Whereas the Guelph storm, and the Ontario hockey league, they were on pause for a little bit longer. All the Guelph Griffin sports, they hadn't returned either. 
Um, one thing that we were, I was literally in a hospital uh, last March when uh, we were filming for um, a healthcare client and there was an announcement at the hospital in Cornwall that, you know, if you're not essential, you have to leave like right this second. And that for me was the first time I realized this wow. is big, right? This is going to be um, truly something that is going to kick off a moment in time. And sure enough, that's what's happened. How I, I it's, it's hard to pinpoint like when the pandemic started, but do you remember like what day in March that was? I want to say it was March 11th. Okay. Don't, don't hold me to it. But I, you know, the, <laughs> the moment in time for me was, um, was hearing that announcement at the hospital, we were in Cornwall. So we get back to the hotel after we're kind of kicked out of the hospital and we don't really know what we're doing, uh, what the next move is. Should we go home? Should we stay? Let's kind of wait it out. But, you know, we're in the hotel room that night and there's that NBA game uh, where the player uh, was tested positive, like during the game. Right. And so they basically just say game's over. Everyone leave, please file out, you know, without a panic. And for me, that was like, yep, that's the moment. And then it was just all off from there. And then we, we did a project last year with United Way, which was um, a documentary about the pandemic as well. Um, but, you know, we were looking at that through sort of the social services lenses um, around like food insecurity, poverty, uh, violence against women, uh, mental health. So we were working on that kind of project. And then it was interesting that at the end of that last year, we were able to then start to look at this current documentary about Guelph business. Because I think, you know, there's, there's a, there was a, a down ramp uh, when you're thinking about just how this affects humanity and then kind of putting businesses back into the forefront as we were coming out of it. Uh, so it's, it's been very interesting to kind of play on both ends of the spectrum and, and look to see how this whole uh, crisis has been handled in our local area. I mean, there was also a series and you can see it on those, Ward One Studios website still the Alone Together series where you talk to like everyone from business leaders to people at the university to social services doctors. I mean, you you've you know captured you know pretty much every beat of the pandemic. Like those early like stick you know get the blinders on, plow through the mm -hmm. social recovery, the business recovery. Could this like could could you like theoretically sort of build something? from all the work you've done that's like kind of like a comprehensive like this is one city's <laughs> this yeah. is one city's covid experience from beginning to end by the time this is over that quite possibly maybe we'll have to package it all up and send it to the uh, civic museum one day but uh there just you know that's what we do um we were doing it before the pandemic we we're doing it during the pandemic and we're going to keep doing it after the pandemic you know we're we're a pretty local company. We love working here, although we do work across the country, but we do have a very special place in our heart for doing local stories. And it's just, yeah, we'll, we'll be the documentarians of record until we're out of business. Um, you know, and the Alone Together series kind of started as one of the ways that we could just keep doing things. We, mm. we weren't paid to do it. And then we, we just kind of started making episodes because we were just trying to pass the time, to be honest, and just keep people motivated in doing something. Um, and then it would, you know, we were fortunate enough that the university kind of came on as a sponsor because they saw the importance of sharing these stories and capturing them. And then, yeah, it just kind of kicked off a lot of different projects for us along the way. Coming back to the, the project we're here to, to talk about, what do you, I always like to ask filmmakers this, but like, what do you hope people 
are thinking about what kind of message do you hope people leave the movie with as people are sort of driving away from Bigamins on Thursday? You know, what are you what are you hoping that they're thinking about? And and they're I guess what message are you trying to uh, trying to put in people's minds as through, through this film? Whether you're uh, an entrepreneur, an employee of one of these companies, an employee here in the city, uh, someone who who just is generally from Guelph, uh, well, really long time, or if you're just thinking about moving to Guelph, you know, ultimately we wanted to show that this is a great place to do business. This is a great place for people to start careers. This is a great place for people to get involved with the network that the chambers created. Uh, it's if there's anything that anybody might want to come away with this, it's that. Uh, there are reasons to celebrate even in times of crisis. Like mm-hmm. I said, there's, there's a lot of opportunities you can see there. Hopefully it inspires maybe the next entrepreneur to start a business here. Maybe it just keeps somebody going um, for the fact that they love the city as much as we do, or, you know, maybe you just kind of come away and go, that's interesting. I've always wondered about this company or I've always wondered about this leader. And now I got to see a little bit about how they, they tinker or how they work through these, these problems. Um, you know, and even some of them are kind of surprising as well. RWDI engineering firm uh, that's on Southgate, you know, they've, one of the things that we learned just in digging around on them was just how much they've been involved in the largest projects in the world and how cool is it that they get to be worked on here in Guelph. You know, when you're talking about engineering the world's largest building in Dubai and to find out that that part of that process was done here in Guelph is kind of cool. There's a lot of pride in the city that we can glean from some, from these stories. Also, you know, I mean, untold stories too. Like I, I, I feel like despite sometimes the hashtags and things on social media, sometimes there, there are a lot of, there are a million untold stories in the naked city as somebody once said, but uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we'll have to leave that there. But Alex Vandervloot, thank you so much for all of your time. And uh, we look forward to uh, seeing the movie. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Adam. Always love what you guys do. And once again, that was Alex Vandervloot to learn more about the work of Ward 1 Studios. And to see some of that work, you can go to their website at ward1studios.com. That is ward1studios.com. Enbridge Presents Celebration Guelph takes place next Thursday, September the 23rd at 7 p.m. at the Bigamins Drive-In at 425 Bigamins Center Drive in Kitchener. Uh, just on the outside of town, so pretty easy to get there from Guelph. Admission is $40 per car, but that does include your movie snacks and drinks. And just a reminder, too, that there is still an election on, in case you hadn't heard. And you can listen to the interviews with the candidates running in Guelph by tuning into Open Sources Guelph Thursdays at 5 p.m. on CFRU or by downloading the podcast version from the Guelph Politicast channel on Monday. Although, a uh, brief note, because Election Day is Monday, the Thursday episode that goes live to air on CFRU on Thursday at 5 p.m., it will be available Thursday at 6 p.m., on this channel, so you'll have plenty of time to listen to it if you haven't cast your ballot yet. So uh, be on the lookout for that this coming Thursday, or tomorrow, or today, if you're listening on Wednesday and Thursday. So wherever you are in the time-space continuum, uh, you will be able to hear that last episode of the election coverage. And we will also be doing live-to-air election night coverage on CFRU, and stay tuned for those details. 
Where was I? That's it for this edition of the Guelph Politicast. The music for the Guelph Politicast comes from KPM Classics and Sid Dale. The Guelph Politicast is usually recorded at CFRU, Guelph Campus and Community Radio, out of the University of Guelph. To learn more about CFRU, go to CFRU.ca. You can download the Guelph Politicast channel every Wednesday from Apple, Stitcher, Google, and Spotify. And when you subscribe to the Guelph Politicast channel, you will get an episode of Open Sources Guelph on Mondays and an episode of End Credits on Fridays. You can follow Guelph Politico on social media at Guelph Politico on Twitter and at Politico Guelph on Facebook. Follow me personally at Adam A. Donaldson on Twitter and Instagram. And you can send me an email at adamadonaldson at gmail.com. If you'd like to help financially support the work of Guelph Politico, you can get all that information at guelphpolitico.ca slash donate. And for all the latest local political news, check out guelphpolitico.ca, where we will have a new episode of the Guelph Politicast for you next week. And until then, we will see you next time.